0: We're going to dive into the word right now. I'm definitely preaching toward daddies, but don't shut me down, wives, because it's going to, I, I believe, bless your heart. Don't shut me down, young people. If you're a, a, a young man in here, you really are to have ears to hear. If you have a husband here checking out today, you should give him a really good elbow in his, you know, lower ribs right now. Come on, wake him up. Let's pray, Father. Thank you for this time. Thank you for all the families here. Thank you for all the dancing dads, the new daddies, dads with lots of kids. Bless them, bless families today. Bless this time. Send your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said. I want you to join with me, stand, we're going to read five verses of the scripture today that I'm particularly kind of camping out in. It is Job 1, 1 through 5, okay? And I think you're going to have a good time with this today in the area of Job. Usually you think one way about Job. Well, today we're going to open up the scriptures and see some other things about Job that maybe you've seen, maybe you haven't, and we're gonna read this on account of three. I need everybody to read with me on account of three. One, two, three. There was a man in the land of whose name was Job. Man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and shunned evil, and seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 and a very large household, so that the man was the greatest of all the people of the East. His sons would go and feast in their houses each on their appointed day and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was, the days of feasting had run their course, that Job would send and sanctify them. And he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. You can be seated. I love this First area of scripture, the very first verse, it does something, it gives you address, it gives you name, and it gives you character. The place was UZ, U's or U's, whatever you want to call it, I really don't care. The guy's name was Job, and his character was this, blameless, upright, feared God, and shunned evil, blameless, Upright, fear God, and shunned evil. Blameless, upright, feared God and shunned evil. He was blameless, upright, feared God and shunned. One more time. He was blameless, upright, feared God, and shunned evil. Just think about this gentleman for a minute. Blameless, complete. He was morally innocent having integrity, and that I love the word integrity because it's a mathematical type of name or word, and it's somewhat to do with being whole. He was whole. He wasn't half-baked. He wasn't missing something. Job was a whole individual. Integrity, one who is morally and ethically pure. He was Blameless. Say that word with me, blameless. Blameless. Wonderful. He was also upright. That upright means that he was straight and he was upright. He was correct and he was right. Let me say something about blameless today. Blameless does not mean that he was sinless. There's only been one who's ever walked on the face of the earth that was sinless and that was Jesus. Well, how is he sinless or is he blameless or is he blameless or is he sinless? He was uh, blameless when it came to this, and sinless has to do with this, okay? So he wasn't sinless, but in the eyes of man and in the eyes of of the culture, he was blameless. He was blameless, but he wasn't sinless. But I tell you what, being blameless is something absolutely radical. Today, I'm talking about radical fatherhood, and to be blameless is radical, To be upright is uh, radical. To be a man who fears God, I think is radical. And to be one who shuns evil is radical. So he was blameless, he was upright, and he was one also that feared God. Let me tell you right now, everyone in the house, it's a good thing to fear God. It's not a bad thing to fear God. It's good that you have a holy reverence of God Almighty, the maker and the creator, the the, the painter of the skies. It's a good thing that you fear God. It was okay for my kids to fear me a little bit because all of a sudden if they're in the middle of the road and they hear daddy's voice and all of a sudden I get their attention and they get out of the road and it saves their life come on that kind of fear there's nothing wrong with that kind of fear I'm not talking about a demonic fear but I'm talking about a holy reverence fear of God if you don't have that today I say you add it to your life because it's a good thing to fear God he was blameless he was upright And he feared God, but he also shunned evil. That shunned evil means kind of behead. He cut the head off of evil in his life. It was like kind of like turning off the spigot. Going to turn the spigot off of the evil in my life. Come on. It's a good thing to behead evil in your life. It's a good thing to turn off or cut off evil in your life. It's wonderful. Listen, radical fathers, I'm talking to you today. I'm not talking to the father behind you or to the left of you or behind you or in front of you. I'm talking to you. It's wonderful to walk a blameless life. Come on. Everyone said amen. Amen. It's wonderful to have an upright life. Amen. Amen. It's a good thing to fear God. Amen. Amen. And it's a good thing to shun evil, cut off the head of evil. I love this. They spoke, you know, most people I think of, they think about Job and what he went through. We're going to hit on that a little bit. But I want you to see what kind of man he was. He was a man who was blameless. He was a man who was upright, he was a man who feared God and he was one that shunned evil. And right after that first verse, guess what? It bounces right in to start talking about his children. I want you to see this for a moment. It says this about his children. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. What, a, what an incredible dad he must have been. Job, they think, dateline probably fell between Moses, uh, Abraham and Moses. I mean, probably if you go to the, different the, uh, theologians, you're going to find different things. But one, one, one date dateline was he fell somewhere between... Abraham and Moses. So this goes back a very, very long time. Can you imagine just for a minute if our city was full of men who were blameless, upright, feared God, and shunned evil? Think about if families were uh, led by men who were blameless, upright, feared God, and shunned evil. Can you imagine? I tell you what, if we had a city and a county of men who was blameless, upright, feared God, and shunned evil, it would probably put people out of business in certain areas. We may not need as many police officers as we have. We may not need the court systems like it is. We may not need all the lawyers that we have if Literally, There was men, come on, men who were blameless, upright, feared God, and shunned evil in our city. I say this, you, you were born a male, but it's a choice for you to be a man. It's a choice for you to be a man who is blameless upright. It's a choice for you to fear God and to shun evil. And I want to challenge men. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge men today. Are you okay with that? Wives should be really excited right now because I'm, I'm going to challenge you today with the area of being blameless because it's radical, upright, shunning evil and being ones that fear God. He had seven sons and three daughters. Probably in, in, a, in a culture like this, it, it would gauge that he was uh, wealthy. We're going to hit on that uh, in just a minute. And uh, he had status, seven sons and three daughters. And then it goes right into kind of his, maybe touches on his occupation and some of his possessions, materialism, et cetera, in verse 3. And it says this, also his possessions were, listen to this, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels. Man, that's a lot of camels, isn't it? Three, 3,000 camels. Come on, somebody. 500 yoke of oxen. That's some farming equipment right there. Uh, uh, 500 female donkeys and a very large household, so that the man was the greatest of all the people of the East. I call him the beast of the East. Brother was a beast. My friend sent me a text this morning who was here last night and he just did some rough calculations and he thought that Job in today's society would have been bringing in with, it's kind of rough calculations and he explained that, but would be bringing in about $15 million a year. <laughs> wow. Listen to what it says about him. So the man was the greatest, not not a great, but the greatest of all the people of the East. He was a man who was prominent, affluent, and wealthy. How many of you know that even though you're prominent, wealthy, affluent, so forth and so on, it doesn't keep you from storms? That's for free. I mean, you, you can fear God come to church, and sometimes you're going to have storms in your life. But I want to keep going on. I want you to see something today that I thought was beautiful. You'll see later on in Job what he did with some of his wealth, where he, as a husband, as a dad, as an entrepreneur, farmer, all whatever and whatever all he did, what he did with some of this wealth. Listen to what it says in Job 29, 12 through 13. I want you to to hear this today because you hear that he was the real deal man. You hear his character. You hear it on further in Job. Job 29, 12 and 13 says, because I delivered the poor who cried out, the fatherless and the one who had no helper, The blessing of a perishing man came upon me, Job said. And I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. Verse 16, listen to this. I was a father to the poor. And I searched out the case that uh, I did not know. It was like he went out to do good for people. Wow. Like This guy's a stud, man. Then you see in Job 31, 16 through 20, you can kind of continue in the same area. It says this, have I refused to help the poor or crush the hopes of the widows? Have I been stingy with my food and refused to share it with orphans? No, from childhood, I've cared for orphans like a father. And all my life I have cared for widows. Wherever I saw the homeless without clothes, and the needy with where, uh, nothing to wear, did I not praise did they not praise me for providing wool clothing to keep them warm? What an amazing guy. Not just in his character in the very beginning in verse one, but you see throughout the, the book of Job that he was a, just an amazing guy, just a heart for people. He was wealthy, but he used it. You know, my wife coined a phrase, let generosity be the boss of me. And I want to let you know that he allowed generosity to be the boss of him. And then you look in Job 1, 4, and it says this. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their, look, three sisters to eat and drink with them. Maybe the sons took uh, an appointed day. They took turns of having these festive uh, celebrations in their home. Maybe it was son number one and then son number two or son number three. There was appointed days or it could have been that the appointed days were like Birthdays, Okay, so it's Sally's birthday. We're going to have it over at Joe's house. And each one of these brothers had celebrations on appointed days. I think that is absolutely off the hook. Today, like I said earlier, is my wife's birthday. And then my daughter's birthday is Thursday. So today we're having a a big kind of gathering at our house afterwards for my wife and daughter and Father's Day and and, uh, kind of a festivity, uh, barbecue, etc., I think it's cool to do that because you see in Job's life with these 10 kids that the kids, they liked to hang out with one another. The seven sons would invite the sisters on the appointed time. To me, that registers in my mind that this is a healthy family. It registers in my heart uh, that they loved one another, that they wanted to be with one another. How many of you know that's not always true with all families? It's very sad, and we need to pray for the restoration of families. But I tell you what, you need to fight for families. We've had a a family night all the, the life of my kids and I say that because it's a wonderful thing for families to be together. It also can be painful for me to preach on something like this whenever you haven't seen your sister or your brother, there's an aunt with your aunt or with your mother or what have you. God wants to restore all of that. This family, they hung out together. They they, they the, the brothers invited the sisters. They were a tight family. I know that Radine and her sisters and Jamie are going to get together and do this boat thing, I think coming up real soon and and just be together. The other day, I've seen this twice on Thursday mornings. I drive to, uh, is it Thursday mornings? No, Wednesday mornings. I drive to my city group and twice I've seen Twice or more than twice, I've seen Seth and Jamie eating breakfast together. That just blesses our heart. I'm not talking about, it's not about my family today. Here's the point. I think it's very important. And I think it's a beautiful uh, thermometer or a pulse on your family when they want to hang out together. And this family wanted to hang out together. The sons invited the daughters or the sisters. Look at verse 5. This is where I'm gonna probably challenge daddies a little bit, right? No, there's no probably to it. <laughs> so it was when the days of feasting had run the course that Job would send and sanctify them, he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus, Job did regularly. Job realized and he functioned as a priest in his home. Men, If being a priest in your home is not your number one call on your life right now, you need to, I said this last night, but I don't think this is a word. I said last night, reprioritize. It It is a word. I looked it up. I couldn't find it. (laughs) I didn't know if I was making up a word and it didn't really matter, but you get it. That if. If being a realtor or being a business owner or being a doctor or contractor or business or sales or business or whatever you do is more important than you being the priest of your house, you need to reprioritize Your life. You need to rearrange your life. Things are not in proper order. You see that this man was the beast of the east, man, he was the greatest in the land, but he had his priorities in line. You see that after the times of festivities and celebration, he would sanctify each one of his kids. He would burn a sacrifice for each one of his kids, according to them all, 10 burnt sacrifices, baby. We're going to do it because why? He recognized that he was a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He knew that he was the priest in his home. And I think, I, I have to be very honest with you, I think we have a problem in this today and society of men not stepping up to the bat for that. But I'm challenging the men of this house If that's not you, that you would reprioritize and you would become the priest in your homes. Three or four amens, that's okay. It's got to be more important than anything else in your life. Jesus has got to be number one and the center of it all. I think you hard, J.O., you mean that we have to sanctify each one of our kids and and, and, and burn an offering for each one of the kids? No. You know why? Because Jesus did it. Jesus, if your children follow Christ. If they don't, they're going to have an opportunity today to do that. And if they don't and they're not here, here's another good role for you priests, come on, that you would challenge your kids, that you would set that example for your children, that they would want to follow Jesus because they see the life-giving Christ in you and the excitement of you coming to church and the excitement of you praying and, and the excitement of you serving Jesus. And it's not a bunch of boring religiosity. It's life-giving. Come on, they want to follow Christ as you follow Christ? It begins with priest. I'm a, I guarantee you, daddies, if you start doing it, your wife and children will follow you. For the, I, I would say for the most part. Is it a, does it bat a thousand? No. Job had a crazy wife. We're gonna talk about her in a few minutes. She may not always been crazy, but she had definitely crazy episodes. But God causes us men to be the one that's going to lead, to be the spiritual leaders of our home, to be priests of our home. God's waiting for you to step up to the bat. Come on, to lead in your house. This is what's so amazing about Job. Well, uh, uh, jail, uh, uh, my, my wife leads the house. Well, it's probably because you ain't leading. <laughs> Priest. Priests. God causes you and I to be the priests. Make it a weekly prize. He did it regularly. Come on. He sanctified his kids regularly. Come on. He burnt offerings according to each one of them. There's 10 burnt offerings out there on the altar because he was a priest in his house and he knew it was his. Listen, your business should not be number one. Uh, Jo. My church is, I, on Sunday morning, I go with three other dudes, we get in a golf cart, and we play golf, and that is my church on Sunday morning. No, that is playing golf on Sunday morning. A church is very, a a church is very identified. We gather together. There's a government of the church. There's an eldership of the church. Come on. We are the church. Listen to me. Uh, Jay, I you know, my, my church, I, I, I just go to Starbucks on. No, that's you going to Starbucks. That's not the church. Now, you might be a body piece going to Starbucks and get some coffee, but I'm going to tell you, the church is very identified. And God wants you to be the priest of your home, of your children. Your wife wants you to lead, not in a weird way, not in a male chauvinist jacked up way. If you're leading right, your wife is right beside you and you're leading together. Because you're loving your wife and she's loving you and you're honoring one another. I want to tell you right now, we need it in this day and time. Priest, the dads say, hey, tomorrow we're going to plan it. We're going to go to church together. I bet your wife and children will go with you priest of the house. This is what he did, and he did it on a regular basis. You don't have to burn offerings. You don't have to sanctify. Jesus has already done them, but I want to let you know, priest daddies, come on, you're the one to lead them into a relationship with Jesus Christ through your example. Let me, let me read this again. And Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. Everyone say regular. There was something about him doing this regular man. It's something about you you doing things regular as a priest, being consistent in your walk. Do you know how wonderful consistent just being consistent is? Your wife and children uh, being able to practice your walk and, and, and so forth and so on. Listen, if your kids believe and follow Jesus, they're sanctified. You don't have to burn offerings for them. But I want to let you know, daddies, you can think about a legacy. Don't just think about today. I'm glad you're in church today. It's Father's Day. But how about next week and three days from now and next month? Come on, say that with me, legacy. legacy. That's, uh, to me, legacy is that you're leaving a legacy as a priest of, the, of your home to your children. They, they watched your watch. They watched your walk. Man, you've been an example to them as a priest, as a, as a dad in the house. You don't have to sanctify and burn offerings, but you can. There's some wonderful things that you can do. You can pray every day for your wife and children. Come on. You can stand, come on. You can stand in the gap for your wife and children every day. You don't have to burn offerings, but I tell you what, you can go and present your body as a living sacrifice and intercede and stand in the gap for your children on an everyday basis. Come on. Young men. Right now, listen to me, young men. You're like, uh, he's talking about dudes that are married and so forth and so on. Hey, you need to learn this right now. When are you going to learn to be a husband? I think you better learn to be a husband before you say, I do. A legacy of, of going to church, make it a regular practice a legacy of reading the Word of God. Uh, gee, I do read it. I read it last year, 2017. I'm talking about reading it. Blessed is a man who's not walking the counsel of the ungodly or standing in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law. He meditates day and night. Daily bread. Come on, come on. Your kids catch you in the Word. Your your wife catches you in the Word. You're you're, you're encouraging them with the Word of God. You know, I had the opportunity of water baptizing my children. I remember in the yellow bug talking to them about about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on. God wants you to be the priest in your home. Good. Good. Are you with me, dads? I really don't even care if you're a little mad at me this morning. (laughs) Because if I'm speaking the truth in love... I hope you get it and you see the responsibility and the beautiful calling that God has put on your life to be the priest of your home. And I think Job was just an amazing dude in this area. Legacy. Leaving a, when you're gone and you're in heaven and you know that your kids are back there serving Jesus because they saw you go to church. Man, they saw you praying and, and interceding, and, and they talked to you. You laid hands on them. You've anointed them with oil. They've been baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit under your under your leading and under your priesthood. Wow. You're talking about changing our world. Seriously. Just get a hold of a little bit of this. Uh, change our city, America. Change the community. Change the schools. Change... Come on, daddies. Amen. So he was blameless. He was upright. He feared God, and he shunned evil. But he also did something else. If you know the story, if you haven't read the story, is Job is a radical story. What that one, that brother went through. Oh my goodness, it's radical. But on that day, when he lost it all, children and servants and all of his female donkeys and everything, I mean, just like all hell literally broke loose in his life. Let me show you what Job did, this priest did. Job 1, 20 through 22. After he got the news this is what he did. And Job arose. He tore his robe. He shaved his head. And he fell to the ground and he worshiped. Men of God are worshipers. Amen. Men of God are worshipers. Amen. Men of God, real men of, I told you, you're born a male, but will, will you choose to be a man of God? Men of God worship. Men of God praise. Men of God lift up Jesus. They know who their helper is. They know who their advocate is. They got the right priority. Jesus is number one. He's the center of it all. I'm going to lift him up in my house. I'm going to install the one who rides on the cloud, the painter of the heavens and maker of the skies. I'm going to lift him. I'm going to be a praiser and a worshiper. He went out in the worst storm of his life. He sh- Rips his robe and he worships. He said, "Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there." The Lord gave, and the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name. Blessed be the blessed be the name of the Lord. And all, the, listen to this. And all this Job did not sin nor charge his God with wrong. When all hell was breaking loose, I will exalt thee. I will exalt thee. He just worshiped God in the worst storm of his life. Crazy wife. Maybe it was just because she saw the storm. I get it. She may have been a wonderful wife all the time, but not in this verse. Then the wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. Wow. That's foolish and that's crazy. And he just begins to say, hey, you know, paraphrase. I'm not going to, I'm still going to worship God in the bad days. <laughs> paraphrase. I want to let you know, you know what young men, you know what women look for? Those who are blameless, upright, fear God, and shun evil. How many of you women want a man of God who is blameless, upright, and fear God, and shun evil. How many of you women want that? Or would you rather, or would women rather have a perv? No, you wouldn't. Come on. on. You said that in church? Absolutely. Because Job was a man of God. He, blameless, upright, He feared God, just evil. Amen. 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 Happy Father's Day. (laughs) This is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight. Listen, Job knew how to fight his battles. (laughs) He knew how to fight. His wife at one moment really didn't know how to fight. battles. He knew how to fight battles because he had been a warrior and he had been a priest in his house and he feared God and he shunned evil and he was blameless and he was upright and he knew how to fight his battles. Will you stand to your feet? If you're an altar worker, would you please come up today? We want to pray for people this morning. We want to pray for ones. Jesus. We're going to go into this song. And if you're here today and you just need prayer, you're a dad you're like, man...